Hello and welcome to the Theology Meets Reality podcast, the podcast for people who seek to follow Christ in the midst of the messiness of life and parenting. We are Lisa and Greg Casimir, and we are not afraid to deviate from the norm of culture, even Christian culture, to make sure that we are applying what we believe about God to how we live. Welcome to season two of our podcast, where we are talking about the topic of suffering. This is a difficult but an important topic to cover because distinguishing what God has to say on suffering compared to what we hear from culture will give us help for our own suffering and the grace and power to help others. One of the beautiful truths about suffering is that God enters into it with us. Many times it's through the cracks of pain in our lives that God's light shines brightest. In this episode, episode seven, we are specifically talking about loneliness. There can be deep suffering and loneliness, and our prayer is that this podcast will bring some hope for you in your own pain of loneliness or hope to share with someone else who needs it. Hey, Greg. Hi, Lisa. So we're going to start out today with another fun question. Um, this one being, what, is, what fictional world or place would you like to visit? I think I'd like to visit Air We Are from the Wingfeather Saga. Oh. Because the the books themselves cover, what, like four locations? Five, maybe? Um, and there's like the the rest of the world, like past those areas, it wraps back around the rest of the world. So there's like a lot that you don't know what's going on and everything. Yeah, so this is in Andrew Peterson's series. Yeah. And uh, the books are great. Highly recommend them. And um, it just, you know, it's a whimsical fantasy type world, but. With like a lot of danger. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Because I'm going completely opposite of that. Because in the book, there are a lot of threats and danger and wars in the series. Yeah. Well, I would not, I'm not like, you know, I don't want to go into the midst of it. Like, you know, like after when when the major danger is done go into the world then and then like to explore the rest of the world okay supposedly it's out like they had you know the maps kind of indicate what's over there but they don't ever go there okay and so i just like to go there you know i didn't say like you know that i would be in immediate peril or anything and just place you might be if you should depends on time you show up well then i'm gonna use my like transportation thing or whatever to get out of the fictional world i went to and i'll be fine (laughs) all right how about you lisa which mine's like completely opposite of anything scary or dangerous well i mean this is the first thing i thought of (laughs) but um i've always loved the illustrator of children's books eloise wilkin Mm -hmm. and she has the most like pure and happy illustrations ever like she intentionally doesn't show like you know sad things happening in her books like i I read a lot about Mm -hmm. her as an illustrator and um so everything's always very kind and there's like rosy cheeks on the babies and happy parents and like beautiful landscapes and stuff like that and it turns out she's actually drawing like upstate new york i think specifically ithaca yeah, and, I, um, I remember reading that. Or someplace really close to Ithaca. So it's not really a fictional place, but it is because it's the the perfected, beautiful place. Right. And I just see her pictures, like, open a book. Like, oh, like, the pictures are, um, you know, like, the windows are open and then the breeze is, like, making the curtains flow. And I was just like, I want to step into that place. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the the good night 
book, like the when the little girl goes to sleep, the windows are open and you can just see like the countryside and it's just so picturesque and peaceful and Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good chance if you grew up in like the eighties that you saw a children's book that was illustrated by her. Yeah, the she was a prolific illustrator. Yeah. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, so today's kind of the opposite of that. There's no loneliness or suffering in Eloise Wilkins' books. Yeah. Which is maybe why I want to go there, right? Because there is illness and suffering in our world. So today we're going to talk about the feeling and experience of loneliness, which can be really painful. And it's because it's not what God intended for us. But I'm sure all of our listeners have experienced this. And it's quite rampant in our culture in general. And it's uniquely a place for us as Christians to be able to enter into other people's lives when they're dealing with loneliness. So we're going to talk about today what loneliness really is, what the Bible has to say about it, what we see in culture, and then how God's grace can bring redemption in this area of our lives and in the lives of those around us. And in this whole season where we're talking about suffering, we're always going to end on a bright spot because that's our reality as Christians. So you're going to leave encouraged. These episodes will always um, leave you with a feeling of beauty and hope. At least that's our intention. Yeah, that's a wonderful goal and we will do our best. (laughs) Yeah, because we're never without hope, even in the midst of suffering. So um, do you know what loneliness is? Like if you had to define it? Uh, To me, loneliness is the feeling that you get after a sustained absence of like fellowship with other people, like just being with people whom you have some kind of connection or commonality that you can converse comfortably. Like there's no pretense. You don't have to worry about, am I going to offend someone by saying something, you know, that it's, yeah it's just like casual not thinking kind of um being with people yeah that's the opposite of loneliness yeah the opposite yeah the the absence of that is the absence of that yes that's close to what the definition i found was which is that it's a subjective feeling of being less connected socially than one would like to be yeah so like it's important to note that it is this subjective feeling. And I'm sure people have experienced this as well. Cause like, um, though we've been in a global pandemic where people were forced to be separated, social isolation is not the same as loneliness. Yeah. And it, it's and, a different thing. Yeah. And it, different people will encounter it at different points. Right. Um, Yeah, so like we talk about how, of course, when you're physically isolated, you can experience loneliness, but there's lots of other places too where you can um, experience loneliness, whether you move to a new place or far from family, or if you're single or widowed or you lose someone, you always feel, often feel loneliness. Um, And of course, you can feel lonely in a group of people or even in a group of friends. Oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes our circumstances make us feel lonely. So if you have like, different like a difficulty with finances or chronic disease or special special needs child and other people around you are not experiencing those circumstances you can feel lonely even among friends yeah you have no one to like relate to or they don't fully understand what you're going through and it's isolating yeah 
Um, okay, how about this, Greg? I'm okay. going to quiz you again. Okay. Pop quiz. Like, what group of people do you think are experiencing loneliness more than others? Or have been experiencing, like, historically? Um, I would say the people who just really enjoy like being around other people, like the, I guess extroverts for a lack of better category to, to pin. Um, just like the, the people who, who really just enjoy going out doing things. Yeah. Interesting. I don't, I haven't looked up to see like if introverts versus extroverts experience loneliness differently, but I have a feeling it wouldn't be that way. I don't know. That's my guess. I wouldn't think they'd experience it differently. I just think they would experience it at different times. That's like, what I mean. I don't. I don't think extroverts would be more lonely. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> because loneliness isn't just like not being with people. It's like this lack of connection, like social connection. Yeah, but just from my own experience, like I can feel connected like i i get a little bit of connection just from like a couple of little text messages and stuff like i don't have to go be at some place with people necessarily yeah. whereas an extrovert i would think like it's gonna be like a flurry of text messages or perhaps that they just you know they they really thrive on the social the physical social interaction as opposed to zoom get togethers or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, we would have to research it. Yeah, My maybe, experience was different as an uh, introvert. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe, so. maybe someone who's physical, whose love language is physical touch or something. And they want to be where they can hug people. I don't know. I didn't mean to stump you. <laughs> That's what pop quizzes do. <laughs> You don't know the subject. You don't know the right answer. Coming at you. Okay. Well, <laughs> when I did a search on Google, like generally senior adults are the ones who have been experiencing a very high level of loneliness. And that was even before the pandemic. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure everybody's experiencing loneliness on a higher level after the pandemic. Um, and f they also cited millennials as experiencing loneliness as a high level too. But seniors were the ones that were like came across as the most. Yeah. And loneliness doesn't just affect like your soul and your emotions. It's actually associated with a bunch of health risks, which is <laughs> so like, that's always depressing when you're suffering. Cause like most suffering is associated with negative health consequences and you're like, great, I'm lonely and all these other things. So it's actually associated with an increased risk for heart disease and stroke, increased inflammation, decreased immune response. And it's a risk factor for depression, suicide addiction. If you keep reading, like you could find even more stuff like on yeah. how it affects you. Oh yeah. So it's a really difficult problem and that has major effects if like it's not dealt with. Um, so we thought we would share sometimes when we've felt lonely. I mean, of course there's many different times. Um, for me, I think one of the times was when I switched from being like a mom of little kids to homeschooling. Um, because, well, 
you, Greg, were working outside the home. So it was just me all day. And then instead of kind of getting together with people at any time, like you can kind of do with toddlers. I mean, it's challenging, but you don't have anything on your schedule usually, or you mm-hmm. can meet up and go to a park or, um, you know, do like a gymboree thing or something. Um, I had school to do. And my other friends were like many of them dropping their kids off at school and then going to do stuff. Yeah. And it's hard to, one, you have the responsibility of like doing school. So you have to, like, you have something to do during the day. And then two, like you've got all these kids. And so for me, that was kind of like a, that was a more lonely time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID, like <laughs> isolation was really, really hard for me too. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure it was for many people, but that was a really lonely time because you were mostly working outside the home. Even when a lot of people were home, you were mostly yeah. Um, away and yeah it was just a long time of not getting together with that many people do yeah. you want to share time sure um uh, for me it was uh like in high school um i was never a big partier or anything and um somehow the friends I had in high school all ended up being partiers at different levels. Like I just, I don't enjoy those kinds of social gatherings or anything. And so I, I would end up spending a lot of time just at home. Um, and it, it felt isolating and lonely cause I would really only see my friends like during school and then I wouldn't see them after that. And then aside from that, like, the periods of time where I was between jobs, like now, um, I, my friend group was my coworkers. And, um, the first time I was between jobs, we'd like moved states. And so it wasn't even possible for me to like get together with them anymore because we were, you know, half a country away. Um, and now like, I mean, they were work friends, one of them is more than like a work friend, but it's still like I'm isolated. Yeah, I already I heard this. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I would, you know, we, I go into work and we talk about, you know, how was the weekend? Like, oh, mm-hmm. you went on a trip, like, welcome back. Like, how was it? You know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's gone. And so it's, it was, I, it was a really, it's been a struggle these last three months, um, establishing a new routine and adjusting to that and, um, you know. So, yeah, I'm sure other people can relate to whenever we move or change jobs or whatever, when our situation changes, it can um, show up for sure. Yeah. I, when, and when I was reviewing the, the loneliness, like causes, I was like, Oh, uh, I've got a couple of these going yeah, on right yeah, now. Yeah. You could even have multiple at the same time. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. that's, yeah, I'm feeling loneliness. <laughs> Do you, at least you feel validated in your loneliness. No. I, yeah. I already did. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hey, look at this textbook. All right. Yeah, and then we can be lonely together, right? Which is actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have each other, but it's, you know, we still, we're still lonely for what has been taken away in, the, you know, the pandemic and our circumstances and stuff. Yeah. So we're going to start first with what the Bible has to say. And the Bible has so many encouraging things to say about loneliness that I, I was really, I'm really excited to share them with you. So we're going to start out with the first thing that, the Bible has to say about loneliness. And that is, well, why are we lonely? 
it's a result of the fall. So loneliness and the other forms of suffering that we're going to talk later about this season are so painful because they're not what God meant for us. So in the creation story, before the fall, Genesis, Adam and God were intimate in a way that we've never experienced intimacy with God or anybody else. Because before sin, Adam could see God and he could walk with him and talk with him. And part of the loneliness we experience is not actually a loneliness for other people, but a connection with our creator God. And then we see in the gospels, crowds of people following Jesus and they're not stopping to eat, right? They follow him for days and they go, these people haven't eaten. Yeah, we're out in the middle of nowhere. They try to touch him. They call out to him. People climb trees to get a glimpse of him. And this is an illustration of the longing of all of our hearts. Like I can so relate to that. I don't know if you can, Greg, but like, like the climbing a tree or chasing after Jesus, like I would totally do that if he was somewhere. Tangible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's because that's the longing for our hearts. We long for God. We want to see him. We want to hear him and touch him and talk to him. And all of this is veiled in some way because of sin. So the fall created a rift between God and people that God had not intended. And sin interferes with our friendships and our marriages and our family relationships too. So of course there's things like technology and a transient culture and pandemic and stuff that make loneliness worse. Those aren't the causes. It's the sin and the fall is the cause of our loneliness. Yeah. But we may feel alone, but we are never alone. Um, we absolutely can feel alone, and that's part of our experience. Um, but the psalmists cry out to God with feelings of loneliness. And here in Psalm 88, we will hear some of that. It says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out to you day and night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles, and death draws near. I have been dismissed as one who is dead like a strong man with no strength left. They have abandoned me to death, and I am as good as dead. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrust me down to the lowest pit in the darkest depths. Your anger lies heavy on me, wave after wave engulfs me. You have caused my friends to loathe me. You have sent them all away. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my pleading hands to your mercy. Of what use to the dead are your miracles? Do the dead get up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? In the place of destruction, can they proclaim your faithfulness? Can the darkness speak of your miracles? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face away from me? I have been sickly and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have cut me off. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have encircled me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Only darkness remains." So that's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not the only ones to feel alone. Yeah, and uh, Psalm 124, uh, or 142 rather, verse 4, 
says, look to the right and see. No one cares about me. I have nowhere to run. No one is concerned about my life. It is absolutely valid to feel alone, but the truth is we are never alone. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And also Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who, uh, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt you Exult over you with loud singing. Do you want to interject with anything as I read through these? Or I just have a random story. Do okay. you want a break to talk? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, in my experience with pregnancy, like, you know, in the second half of the pregnancy, you can feel the baby move, like, pretty frequently. Yeah. And it's always a weird feeling, like, in the days after you give birth because they're it's just you. And so like, it's weird to like go take a drive for the first time, just me or go take a shower. Cause like <laughs> you notice this absence hmm. and it's just weird. And, um, so it's like the baby's always with you for a little while, but then they're gone. And then, but God, <laughs> God is always with us wherever we go. <laughs> You're like that was a weird story. It was a weird story. <laughs> okay. And continuing on, Matthew twenty-eight twenty, uh, it says, "Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age," says Jesus. And Romans eight thirty-eight and thirty-nine, Paul says, "For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus." our Lord. If you are a Christian, God has promised to always be with you. If you feel alone, it is never because God has left you. Yay. Yay. People (laughs) might have. So it's valid to feel alone, but we never actually are alone. Yes, you're right. People might leave us, but God doesn't. No. And furthermore, Jesus knows how he feels how we feel and he understands because Jesus experienced loneliness in a way that we will never have to experience. So when Jesus became a man, he was betrayed by Judas, who is not only his disciple, but I mean, Jesus created everything. So he created Judas and he loved him and yet he was betrayed. And then of course, when Jesus went to pray in the garden before his arrest, he said to his disciples, my soul is deeply grieved even to the point of death. Remain here and stay with me. And the disciples fell asleep twice. And then, of course, Peter denied Jesus three times. All these things are, would just be really devastating. But the most devastating loneliness of all was when Jesus on the, was on the cross. And he took the wrath of God for our sins and was apart from the Father. He cries out at the beginning of Psalm 22. 
which starts out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I groan in prayer, but help seems far away. My God, I cry out during the day, but you do not answer. And during the night, my prayers do not let up. And that's not anything that we really experience in the fullness that Jesus did. Um, yeah, so Jesus understands what it is to be lonely, and he's experienced it and felt the grief of it. And because Jesus has known loneliness, and because God's always with us, he's the one we need to run to when we feel alone. The Bible gives numerous examples of people who are alone or lonely, and then they're brought near in the goodness of God. Um, So a couple of examples I just thought of were when Hagar was a slave and she was treated harshly by Sarai and impregnated by Abraham, she ran into the wilderness completely alone, and the angel of the Lord met her there. He showed up in her lonely loneliness. I love that. These are all the ones that, that I just love because God cares for people who are like left out or left or hurt or abandoned and God shows up. So another example is in the book of Ruth when Naomi lost her husband and she lost her country and both of her sons. She says she's bitter and empty, but then God ends up bringing her redemption in a grandson who's in the line of Jesus. He didn't leave her in her loneliness. Of course, Joseph, he was sold by his brothers, literally left alone in a pit, but God didn't abandon him either and ended up bringing Joseph worldly prosperity and used him to redeem his people. And then Jesus showed up for many lonely people. He loved many people who were certainly lonely and impressed, like prostitutes, lepers, demon-possessed, blind, etc. Um, and he cared for them, and God God loves us and cares for us when we're lonely. And it's amazing how he can use suffering to bring us closer to him and closer to others. Yeah, and, and by using like the testimony that you have out of your suffering, you can then minister to others who are suffering similar circumstances. And Yeah, and then you have the empathy and compassion too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And our future is one of perfect connection with God and others. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had ceased to exist, and the sea existed no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will not exist any more, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the former things have ceased to exist. God chose God chooses us, chooses to have us, rather, live with him, and we will see him as he is. And there will be uh, no more separation, and no more sin, and no more loneliness or longing. Thanks be to Jesus. Yeah, so at least there's hope in our future, even if it's beyond this lifetime. And then, of course, God is with us, but he doesn't leave us alone either, because as the church, we're supposed to be family to one another. So whether or not you have biological family, Christians are supposed to be brothers and sisters to one another. And we're supposed to live as family and commit to each other and love each other and bear one another's burdens and encourage each other. If you are lonely... The first thing I would recommend is go to God and ask for his help. 
And then secondly, go to the church, whether it's a church building or Christians nearby and ask for their help. And if you're not currently lonely, how are you reaching out to other Christians? Maybe there are lonely people around who need you to reach out during this time. Are you participating in the regular fellowship? Are you bearing the burdens of others? Are you listening to their needs? Um, There's a lot of small things that we can do that make a big difference in the loneliness of other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So we talked about everything in scripture, at least many points in scripture. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of talk about like, well, how does culture see loneliness? Um, And there were two articles that we read in particular that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, So what did you think about the first article, Greg, about called what is loneliness due to a person? That was the one that um, I looked at the list and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the and text. This is textbook textbook. What I'm experiencing right now. Cause I have several of the, of those things. You have the symptoms of loneliness or you have the reasons for loneliness. Yes. <laughs> um, because I have like, I have the symptoms of loneliness, but I'm getting better. And, um, you know, the you know, lethargy and stuff like that. But, um, but the, the causes that, um, you know, change of job, uh, working from home, ending of friendships, like, you know, that's, yeah, I got those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it, it really makes a good case for having community um, but that's why society as a whole works better when people are in community with other people, mm-hmm. like like-minded and not like-minded. Like you need to be around other people and be able to, um, relate and share one another's burdens. Like we just said, coming out of the Bible section. It seems like culture is kind of going the other way though, from what you're saying, as far as having community seems like we're getting further like if you look at yeah culture in general yeah culture in general the the larger trend definitely seems to be to um kind of faction off like i've got this is my faction and you you guys are over there and it's us versus them as we've talked about right and we're talking we talked in another podcast about declining memberships all around like of clubs and organizations and things like that and um of course like cultures like transient and there's a lot of technology where people are using or working from home instead of more people like working elsewhere yeah but it it's it is um there's a there's a subsection of society that is trying to actually um cross those divides and remove them and that that's a wonderful thing yeah i think um i'm a big proponent of like holistic health the idea that you know, how we, how we feel is not just impacted by like the physicality of our body, but also like our emotions and our spirit and like all kinds of things like that. So the, you know, that's shown in this article, like when you feel lonely, these bad things can happen to you, right? Right, Like you're more likely to have these health consequences. And I feel like holistic health is still really small in the larger spectrum, but that it is kind of a growing, do you think that more people are aware now, um, of kind of the connection of like mind and body. I think so. Yes. I I think that 
getting, you know, at the risk of going way off topic, but I think that people are realizing you can't just take pills to fix problems because it's just treating the symptoms and you yeah. got like the the actual cause of things needs to be addressed and that comes around to a holistic approach of like reviewing your life and like right. what choices have you made that are causing what is currently happening and what can you do what's what's within your control and your ability to change to make things better yeah I'm sure this will come up in other episodes when we're talking about suffering because those other things are going to impact our health too. Yeah. I still think it's like way too small of a a part of our culture, but I feel like people are kind of starting to become aware of it. Yeah. And I think that like one of the things that's kind of come out of the pandemic is people are getting outside. They're using their hands to garden and stuff. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're making and doing at a much higher rate than people have been making and doing in recent years and the the benefits are just astounding yeah um it's particularly when it as it pertains to like you know loneliness and community and um feeling connected yeah um do you think that in christian culture we look a lot like the culture around us like in regards to how we deal with loneliness or do you think it's any more or less stigmatized in the church or kind of how do you think we deal with it i think it's like i think it's just as stigmatized in the church to be honest and like they just kind of slapdash solutions on it like you know um and you know it seems like they could be rather dismissive of someone who's like lonely in a crowd like oh you just need to be in more groups or whatever but yeah, it's like join a group yeah join a group uh, you need to be in a bible study group and it's like but i don't i don't know you know it, mm-hmm. there you gotta you have to for someone who's in especially like deep loneliness but someone who's suffering loneliness like there are steps baby steps you have to take to build your way back up to jumping into a group of people and trying to socialize and no longer feel lonely like you could join a new group and that just makes you feel even lonelier, especially if like the group pre-existed and you're coming in and they've all got inside jokes or whatever. Like that's just even more isolating. Um, so yeah, I, I think that we are as we are pretty close to culture. Um, do you remember when we first moved here? Um. And we were looking at churches and we came back, like we went on, we went Sunday morning to a place we'd never been before. And then we came home and they had like left like homemade, some kind of quick bread yes. and like a note. Okay. This I was do like, remember that. how many years ago was that? This was in 2006. 15 years. Yeah. No, that's uh, not 15. No. Yeah, it uh, is. Gosh. Okay. So, <sighs> so the people, so basically people from the church, came to say like hey thanks for coming to our church and dropped off quick bread we weren't home when they came but i think they would have like talked to us like knocked and talked to us um also we were like super poor so we're like (laughs) yes because it's like free food but it it was like obviously impactful since we remember it and like (laughs) 
Yeah, it was very meaningful and like just because, loving. Yeah, because they took the time to make something for us and deliver it, which is yeah. like, it's why um, delivering meals for people is like one of my favorite things to do. It's just, there's something so wonderful about somebody caring enough to show up and bring you food. Yeah, like it's one thing for, you know, like you're on a prayer list or something, but for someone to like not only come over, but they have also like taken the time to even just pick up food yep. and bring it to you. Like that's, that is an expression of love and care and concern that just goes so far. Yes. And we like, I feel like when you're trying to combat loneliness and you can think, okay, well I need to like cultivate deeper friendships and stuff like this, which you should, but I think it's so much simpler than that to have an impact. And that's kind of leads us into our next article we read this article called um covid19 is evaporating casual connections and why that's bad and we'll link all this these articles in the show notes if you want to read them basically like the notion of the article was acquaintances who you wouldn't see during the lockdown times of covid like really mattered yeah it's not just that you miss your friends and family and I noticed this so much. I don't know. I don't remember if you did either, but I was like, I miss my acquaintances like yeah, oh, yeah, so badly. Um, so like people you would see on a regular basis who didn't even necessarily know their name or maybe you knew their name, but like they weren't your friend. You didn't hang out or know much about them. So like I was thinking like the person who checks me in at the gym who I would see all the time or even like people at the gym who I might just like wave to, but not really yeah, yeah, yeah. know them. Or um, our daughter's ballet class, you have to drop her off at that outside door. Like you can't go, couldn't go in during COVID, just drop the kids off. And so I didn't see any of the other moms, like even the moms I didn't even really talk to. Like you just don't see these people. And I was like, I miss these, I miss these <laughs> people I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And that article talked very much about that. Yeah, and like, and the... It was this, yeah, and this article also talked about how, like, as a result of the loss of those um, acquaintances and just, like, small talk people, um, people are, like, more apt now to just talk to random people because they're craving that, those little social interactions so much. Like, and they're just, like, the like, hey, how's it going? Like, hope you have a good day. Like, you know, um was thinking of you the other day and like you know when we did the thing and you know we had a good time whatever like those kind of little things that just perk up your day yeah and, and they're missing because we're we're not going out and seeing people we're not interacting we're doing curbside pickup at the grocery store right. um you know and everything's been closed down until recently right and so there is a value of casual connection so it's like are we acknowledging people that we walk by, do we smile or talk to the person who's making our grocery, who's making our groceries, <laughs> who's bagging our groceries? Yes. Or making our coffee. Yeah. Or do we just kind of ignore, like look at our phone or just like not say anything. I know when I had really little kids, like four really little kids, I, I couldn't or didn't, I guess, talk to the cashier or anything like that. Cause I was like, stop doing that. Come over yeah. here. Like making yeah. sure everybody was still there. And I was There's like, I, I wasn't trying to things, ignore yeah. the cashier. It's just like, I could, didn't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. So now I really do need to make an effort and like ask them, how are you doing? And like, 
talk with them or, you know, care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't require, you know, all this intention of having a deep friendship, but just kind of caring for acquaintances. Yeah, and it doesn't even require more than like 30 seconds of dialogue. And like, you know, it, I, it just popped in my head, like kind of like the Walmart greeters who aren't there anymore. But, you know, just those like kind elderly people mm-hmm. who would be at the door that they're saying like, Good morning, like mm-hmm. welcome to Walmart, like yes. you know, have a good day and you don't you don't acknowledge it at the time, but now in the absence of all that, it you you would really probably enjoy hearing someone say, like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. Like you're doing a great job with everything that you're dealing with. I don't even know what it all is, but mm-hmm. You're here, and I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm, like, tearing up just saying all this stuff to myself. <laughs> um, and you matter, and I see you. Yeah. And, like, good yeah, job. Yeah, that I see you is so huge. Yeah. I heard a quote that really resonated with me recently that said, people aren't walking trees. Like, the idea of you see a tree, and but it, you don't have to do anything but look at it or not look at it, but, like, people aren't walking trees are really people who matter and you can't, you know, just observe them and walk away kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And like it, it, an attitude of gratitude would, and it it rhymed that there's no, I thought I hesitated because it was going to rhyme, but um, like you invented that cliche. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, (laughs) I did not, but to, you know, to say thank you to people. Yes for anything at all that they do for you it's gonna help the person who's doing it have a better day like to sincerely say it Mm -hmm. um you know everybody's going through life we're all doing life together and you know what your life has been like there's a good chance you know everyone else has dealt with similar things and we all need a little care and concern from time to time yeah so thank you to our listeners who are listening because you're probably (laughs) thank you so much you're very valued yeah um and then the final thing i wanted to talk to you talk about before we get on our bright spots our happy ending is do we practice the presence of god so god tells us he's always with us but do we have that practice do do you know what i mean by like talking about that do people know what i mean Let's pretend I don't, because I might not. I feel like Winnie the Pooh right now. Um, I read a book by a monk called The Presence of God. I'll put it in our show notes. Okay. And basically, he tried to live his life always thinking about God. He would get other thoughts out of his head and always think about God and talk to God because God's always there. And he was being aware of God's presence. And so... I tried doing that for a little while, like shortly after I read the book. And it's interesting because it's like when I sinned, I noticed it right away and then could repent right away. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't, I was thinking about God more frequently Mm. than just kind of going about doing your own thing. So if we try to acknowledge God's presence more by either like, you know, praying in our head or just trying to think about God, I mean, I think that's something that we can do as Christians that can be powerful 
Yeah. That sounds quite powerful. In my head, I'm like, well, how am I going to still get things done if I'm he, thinking about God all the Brother time? Brother Lawrence, who wrote the book, like he he had a, he had stuff to do. Like he didn't just sit in a monastery and just pray all day. He had jobs. I mean, there are, are jobs like <laughs> that you require your brain capacity, but then there are jobs that don't require brain capacity. Yeah, and there's and there's parts of any job that right. You, it's like you've done it, and it's muscle memory almost yeah and maybe instead of our goal being like acknowledge god all the time but maybe more than we do now or on a regular um, basis during the day yeah okay so for our happy ending for the bright spot on the end of this loneliness um i wanted to share from psalm 139 it says oh lord you examine me and you know you know when i sit down and when i get up Even from far away, you understand my motives. You carefully observe me when I travel or when I lie down to rest. You are aware of everything I do. Certainly my tongue does not frame a word without you, O Lord, being thoroughly aware of it. You squeeze me in from behind and in front. You place your hand on me. Your knowledge is beyond my comprehension. It's so far beyond me, I'm unable to fathom it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee to escape your presence? If I were to ascend to heaven, you would be there. If I were to sprawl out in Sheol, you would be there you would be. If I were to fly away on the wings of dawn and settle down on the other side of the sea, even there your hand would guide me, your right hand would grab hold of me. If I were to say, certainly the darkness will cover me and the light will turn to night all around me, even the darkness is not too dark for you to see and the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Certainly you made my mind and heart. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came into existence. I just thought that's such an encouraging psalm if you're comforted by that psalm maybe share part of it with someone else today just how much god cares for us i love the image of his hand on us and that he's right in front of us and behind us and that we're not alone yeah no matter where we go he's there for us with us always (laughs) so that we hope this podcast was um a blessing to you and Um, We're going to close it out with the benediction. Almighty God, whose son had nowhere to lay his head, grant that all those who are alone may not be lonely in their solitude, but that, following in his steps, they may find fulfillment in loving you and their neighbors through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners and are praying for you. If you'll take two minutes to rate and review our brand new podcast, we would be so grateful. For more information on today's episode, head to theologymeetsreality.com. Until next time, follow Christ, not culture.